This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. This following juz. Uh, the surah is about two juz and a few pages. And uh, why is it that the first chapter, the first uh, 20 pages or so, had not a lot of fiqh in it? Because the ahkam and the rulings that we will be coming across Such as when you are praying, make sure you face the qibla That is a ruling, that is an amr Face the qibla Fast the month of Ramadan It is an amr Right? When Allah speaks about that we have to do hajj It is an amr, commandments For you to be able to follow commandments You must understand the importance of following And what happened to those that didn't follow so you've just been told about the best followers Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam You've been told about uh, the worst followers The Banu Israel You've been told that And I mentioned this in one of my early lessons The surah revolves around two main themes One is preparing the ummah to become the best ummah To become the khulafa That is mentioned in the beginning Inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa Allah is going to make a khalifa on this earth Those that will uh, fill the land with justice and call to us Tawheed and fulfill the roles of the messengers. This is this Ummah, Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi And this Quran is preparing you for that role. Now you're being taught as an Ummah, there has been Ummahs that came before you. And when their prophets commanded them, they didn't obey, they did not say, Sami'na wa ata'na. Then Allah told us about these people. About how often they went against the prophets, the different reasonings they had, how they didn't obey, how they didn't follow, and which what is this surah called? Suratul Baqarah. Let's go back to the story of the Baqarah, the cow. Who's that? These people. Uh, Musa Allah is commanding you. Command, right? Commanding you what? And tadbahu Baqarah. What was their reaction? huzwa. Are you? Are you messing with us? Are you mocking us? What did Musa say? And then they start asking and they're questioning, what kind of baqar is it? Until Allah subhanahu until Musa says to them, uh, the cow uh, called he described the Baqar for them It is not an old one It is not a very young one Somewhere in the middle But that doesn't matter What matters is You have been commanded do ma What you are being told to do This is what it means to be a believer And this surah is preparing you To understand that concept So After telling you about all of the stories Of those that didn't obey Didn't do what they were told now you are ready And you have been told the importance of following Now you are ready to hear the ahkam Now when Allah tells you uh, Face the qibla You will say Yes I will hear and I will obey When you were told to fast You will say I hear and I will obey Do you guys understand Why you had one juz Preparing you And now the following juz Is about the actual rulings Speaking of these rulings We were talking about The changing of the qibla and how the Prophet wasallam, Allah t- tells him that once the Qibla will be changed, and this is known as abrogation, and we discussed what that is, that Allah changes one rule to another, and that this is something that you will find in the Quran and in the Sunnah, is known as Naskh. That 
when this happens, people will start speaking and saying, What's wrong with Muhammad? Why is he changing his mind? First he was facing towards uh, Jerusalem, now he's facing towards uh, uh, Mecca. What's going on? So Allah mentions that these people are the Sufaha, the, the ones, the, the foolish ones. And the Sufaha have been described in Surah Al Baqarah twice, once referring to the Munafiqun. And once referring to those that don't follow Ibrahim alayhi salam, or man yarghabu an millat Ibrahim, and whoever will turn away from the religion of Ibrahim, illa man safiya nafsa, except those who are foolish. Now, now the verse we're going to start from today is describing the state of the Prophet and how he hoped the Qibla would be changed. Now, the verse we are reading today came before the ones we read last week. So, uh, and the verse after Chronologically came after the one we're going to read today But when we are reading it Allah tells uh, the, the order of the Quran And in how it's read It's not the same as the order of the Quran As in how it was revealed So here Allah says So this is the beginning of the Qibla change How did it happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم قد نرى تقلب وجهك في السماء فلنولينك قبلة ترضاها Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said قد نرى تقلب وجهك O Muhammad, verily we see the turning of your face upwards تقلب وجهك في السماء towards the heaven فلنولينك we shall turn you قبلة to a prayer direction ترضاها that will please you Subhanallah we strive to please Allah. Here Allah is pleasing the Prophet ﷺ. Shows you how Allah loved the Messenger. Allah is saying, we will give you a qibla that pleases you. So, um, a few things. The Prophet ﷺ hoped to face the Kaaba. The scholars, they discuss why. Why did the Prophet wanted to face the Kaaba? Because he was told to face the Baytul Maqdas. Why is it that he was hoping for the qibla to be changed? There are a lot of opinions And some of the ulama they say It was because he had a connection with the Kaaba He was from Mecca His people were Quraysh from Mecca His grandfather Ibrahim built it It had significance in Arabia If he faces the direction of prayer towards the Qibla This might result in the Arabs accepting Islam So it wasn't for himself It was for the da'wah Another reasoning that the ulama mention is that uh, the, when he was facing towards the, the Baytul Maqdas, that the Yahud would say, look at Muhammad, he follows our Qibla, but not our faith. He follows our Qibla, but not our faith. So it was a point where they would say, listen, you're halfway there, just become a Yahud. So the Prophet ﷺ had felt like he, he wanted to turn away from that and turn towards the Kaaba. And they mentioned other reasons as well. Al Muhim, the Prophet ﷺ hoped to face the Kaaba. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees it in his heart. Allah then allows the Prophet ﷺ to face towards the Kaaba. Some ulama mentioned that this might be a problematic. Why? Because Allah's commandments are Allah's commandments and they're not dependent. On the Prophet's uh, wants Allah commands whatever is the most right So the Prophet ﷺ also If the Allah told the Prophet to face Masjid Al-Aqsa Why would he want to face elsewhere? Wouldn't he want to devote himself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the way they answered this They said is that 
this happened in stages. First he was told to pray to Masjid al-Aqsa. Then this verse was abrogated, which is a verse that we've met, we covered before, which is, Wherever you, you face, it is the direction of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the direction of prayer. So there was a period where the Prophet didn't know where the new Qibla was going to be. He was told the Qibla would be changed. He didn't know where it was going to be changed to. He hoped it was the Kaaba. Allah says, we know that you've been turning upwards with your face, hoping for the direction of prayer to be the Kaaba. I will give you a Qibla that pleases you. So the moment the Prophet is hoping to face the Qibla is at a point where he doesn't know where the Qibla is going to be. In any case, Allah says, قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلُّبُ وَجِكَ We see your face. We see, I see the turning of your face towards the heavens. What's interesting is the ulama, they say, that when, why the Prophet ﷺ, was he looking upwards, Literally, was he looking upwards? Or was he glancing upwards? Uh, and this is why some ulama, they say, we see the turning of your face, meaning your eyes. The Prophet would look upwards, naturally, hoping for what? For revelation. And the person, when we are looking at something, we look at it in two ways. I can either glance this way, and see who's sitting there, glance, or I can turn my face, right? The turning the face is taqallabul wajh. The glancing is just another. Why, when do people just glance and not turn their face? If they don't find the thing important. If, you're not, if it's not important enough for you to turn towards it, you won't. You'll just glance it from the uh, side eye it, right? Or if you are worried about it and you don't want to be noticed that you're looking at it. The Prophet ﷺ, this is why the ta'abir of the Qur'an, he was turning his face. The Prophet wasn't glancing upwards, he was facing upwards in hope of revelation. Because he's, he's, neither is he afraid to look, nor is, does he find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, of course, he glorifies Allah, so he was actually looking up, which is why Allah uses the, the term, taqalluba wajhika, not taqalluba aynika fi sama. And Allah knows best. So, he was commanded then, فَلَنَوَلْيَنَّكَ Indeed, then we shall turn you قِبْلَةً to a qibla taradaha that will make you pleased or that you love. فَوَلِّ So turn your face, وَجْهَكَ شَطَرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ Towards the Masjid Al-Haram. وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ And wherever you are, O people, the Muslims of course, فَوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ شَطَرَ Turn your faces towards the Kaaba. وَإِنَّ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ As for those who were given the scripture, the Yehud and the Nasara, they know that the turning of the Prophet ﷺ to the Kaaba is the truth. They know this. They know it's the haq min rabbihim that came from their Lord. And Allah is not unaware bima ya'maloon or amma ya'maloon what they are doing. So here Allah is telling us, number one, Allah is saying, Oh Muhammad, I'm going to change the Qibla. I know that you've been looking towards the heavens for revelation to change it to the Kaaba. That command that is fulfilled from now on. Face the Kaaba. Just you know also the believers. Everyone has to face the Kaaba in prayer. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, As for those that have been given the scriptures, the Yahud and the Nasara, they know it's the truth. Question, what truth did they know? They know that this is the truth that came from your Lord. The ulama, they say it could mean two things. One, it could mean they knew that the Prophet would face towards the Kaaba, and it was mentioned in this book in that detail. So in this scriptures it said 
a final prophet would emerge, and that prophet, his qibla would be towards the Kaaba. So they had this detailed information. That's one view. Another is, no, they just knew that you were a prophet, and if they know you are a prophet, then they know everything you say is the truth. Thus, they know it's from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And uh, there are many, many narrations mentioning that the detailed descriptions of the prophet was in their scriptures. If you look at it um, from what the riwayat that we have about the, the descriptions of the Prophet in the Torah that was present at his time is a lot more detailed than the descriptions. I wouldn't even call them descriptions now. I would say the alluding to the Prophet in the Bible today. So you'll have certain verses in the Bible because the Bible consists of the New Testament and the Old Testament, right? Al-Ahd al-Qadim al-Ahd al-Jadid. You'll find in it uh, um, verses or, or that, that allude to the final messenger, Muhammad Wasallam. But when we find out the, the conversation between the Prophet and the Yahud in his time, it was extremely clear. It wasn't, it wasn't something ambiguous. It was very clear. He will look like this. He will talk like this. He will say this. So they had a lot more clear instructions. Which is why the following verse will make sense. When Allah says they recognize the Prophet just like they recognize their own children. In any case, and, and that also proves that the Old Testament and the New Testament have been changed a lot more since then as well. They have been changed and corrupted a lot more since then. Uh, because Allah knows everything, what they are doing. So the Qibla, facing the Qibla, what is the ruling of it? It is from the conditions of the prayer, it's from the surud of the Salah. So your Salah is not accepted if you're not facing the Qibla, the direction of prayer. Now, the direction of prayer has four levels. Level one is when you have to face the Kaaba directly. And you're not allowed to miss it. When is that? When you're in the, in the Masjid al-Haram. This is why it's circular, because everyone has to face the Kaaba. The second is when you're not in the Masjid, when you're in the Masjid, no, when you're not in the Masjid, you're outside of it. Then you have to face Masjid al-Haram. Then you have to face Masjid al-Haram Like people are in their hotels Or the outskirts of Mecca They face towards the mosque Because they can't pinpoint the, the Kaaba Then you have people that are further away They face towards the direction So today or when we pray We're facing towards the general direction We can't pinpoint it uh, And uh, also Let's say you are somewhere Where you do not know where, where the Qibla is You're in a city you're, you're, You travel and you're somewhere and you don't know where the Qibla is, what do you do? Your first responsibility is to see if there are mosques in that city. If there are mosques in that city, and you can get there, then you find out the Qibla from there, and you pray towards it. Well, nowadays we have apps that would suffice. But the ulama of old would say, If the city has mosques, you pray wherever they're praying to. Which is why what you're not allowed to do is... And I've seen this happen twice. In my life, I've seen this happen twice. Someone that would disagree with the mosques uh, in that particular place and say, you know what, they got the Qibla wrong, and he would pray towards a different direction than the Muslims. This is not allowed. You go with the general uh, Muslimin where they pray towards. And more often than not, it's always correct because it's very difficult for people to disagree, to agree upon something that is false. Um, and then you have Ijtihad. If you do not know where the Qibla is, you have to try. You have to try and, and think about it and see if there's anything that can help you. And then you pray towards that. And if you're wrong, Allah will accept your salah. If, while you, let's say you're in the airport, there's no qibla, and you are praying, and you're wrong. 
someone taps his shoulder, tells you, brother, you're facing the qibla, please turn to the left. You can do that, and any salat you prayed before that is valid. You don't have to repeat your prayer. What is the evidence for it? When the verse of the qibla uh, came down, some of the sahaba were praying, this is Sahih Muslim. And while they were praying, they changed the direction as within their salah and they did not repeat the prayers that came before. And as we mentioned in the last lesson, when Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَ إِيمَانَكُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not hold your, your previous actions in, in, in vain, they will be accepted. Um, they won't be lost. That it is referring to any prayer that was prayed towards the previous qibla. So one more time, let's read the ayah. Allah says, قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلَّبُ وَجِيكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ Verily, O Muhammad, we have seen the turning of your face towards the heavens in hope of revelation to tell you to face the Kaaba. فَلَنُوَلِّيَنَّكَ قِبْلَةً تَرْضَاهَا We shall turn you to a qibla that shall please you. فَوَلِّي وَجْهَكَ جَدَرَ مَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ So turn your face in the direction of Masjid al-Haram. Just you, no, also the believers. And, whoso, and, and wheresoever you are, O people, turn your faces in that direction. And then Allah mentions, As for the people of the book, They know that is the truth from their Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not unaware of what they are doing regarding disobeying the Prophet, regarding believing in the Prophet. Allah is aware of everything. An interesting uh, point that I would like to share with you guys regarding the, the Kaaba. There is a hadith that is uh, narrated by At-Tabarani and in, it's also Abdurzaq in his Musannaf where the Prophet وسلم, sent some of the companions to Yemen. So we know the Prophet sent Mu'ad ibn Jabal to Yemen. We know he sent um, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari to Yemen and he also sent a companion Wabar ibn Yuhannas al-Khuz'a'i. Uh, so Wabar ibn Yuhannas when he sent him he gave him instructions. This hadith although there is khilaf in its authenticity. The Prophet وسلم, said to him when you go, go to Sana'a and this shows you how old Sana'a is. Go to Sana'a. And when you go to Sana'a, the Prophet ﷺ said, go to um, Bustanu Badan, to the park or the, or the Bustan, the, the, the garden of, of, uh, of Badan. It's a place. So the Prophet is giving him what? Very clear instructions. And when you go there, he said, Ibn Masjid, build a mosque. And make it towards, face it, the mountain or the peak of the mountain called Dain. So the Prophet gave him these instructions. Um, there is a Shaykh called Abdul Majid Zandani. The, the Shaykh is, um, he is uh, heavily involved in researching uh, the, uh, the, the proofs of the prophethood, the Ra'i al especially as it relates to scientific matters. Uh, and uh, he's very known for this. So he used Google Earth. And he went to this mosque the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told to be built because this mosque now is the Grand Mosque of Sana'a, right? So uh, it's very special mosque because uh, and it is a mosque that the Prophet himself ordered to be built. And of course, it's been expanded and everything, but it's still facing towards the same qibla that was the, the, that was given. So the the qibla is facing towards this mountain peak. So they. Uh, measured, they took a, they drew a line of the map from this mosque, the middle of the mosque, to the peak of that mountain. And from that mountain, it's direct line. And it goes straight to the Masjid al-Haram, straight to the Kaaba. Right? And he said that without uh, um, the science of mapping and, 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 and all that knowledge, 
the Prophet ﷺ giving him this, this very specific direction is among the proofs that he was a messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's very interesting uh, research that he'd done. Uh, he actually, so he actually used Google. So when Google Earth, what was that, 2010? When, when uh, that went live, that app, I don't know, but it was during that time, so it's quite recent that they, that they did that um, experiment. And it goes directly, in fact, Sheikh Abdul Mujiz mentioned that that line went straight to between the Hajj al-Aswad and the door. Like it goes directly to the, to the Kaaba. طيب. And in any case, we are told to face the Kaaba. This is our direction of prayer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about the relationship between the Prophet ﷺ and Ahlul Kitab. And Allah says, وَلَئِنَ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُتُلُوا الْكِتَابِ بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ and even if you were to bring to the people of the scripture every single type of proof, they will not follow your qibla. They will not follow your qibla. Why is that? Why is that if Allah is saying to our Prophet, no matter what evidence you bring them, no matter what proof you bring them, no matter what ayah you give them, they will never follow your qibla. And then Allah, of course, the, the answer to that is, like we covered in earlier verses, is anad and hasad, it was their, their envy. It was uh, uh, their stubbornness and their uh, need to be in charge because one of the main reasons why the Yahud, especially their leaders, didn't follow the Prophet ﷺ was because he threatened their authority. He threatened their authority and they were afraid of that. And then Allah says, وَمَا أَنْتَ بِتَابِعِنْ قِبْلَتَهُمْ And you will never follow their qibla. You will never follow their qibla. Interestingly enough, historically, there is a lot of dispute or there is a lot of... Uh, Regarding, did the Yahud even have a Qibla? And uh, how old is their Qibla? And with the Nasara, it is uh, said that they never even had a direction of prayer to begin with. So Allah says, uh, And neither will the Yahud and the Nasara follow each other in their direction of prayer. So here you learn something important which is mentioned a few times in Surah Al-Baqarah, that the Yahud and the Nasara are not in agreement. Allah says, وَقَالَتُ الْيَهُودُ لَيْسِتِ النَّصَارَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ وَقَالَتُ النَصَارَ لَيْسِتِ الْيَهُودُ عَلَى شَيْءٍ The Nasara are saying the Yehud are upon nothing and vice versa. Here Allah is saying they will never follow your qibla, you will never follow theirs and they won't follow each others. وَلَيْنِ اتَّبَعَتَ أَنَوْ مُحَمَّدِ If you follow them. If you follow who? The Yehud and the Nasara. Follow what? أَهْوَاءَهُمْ Their desires and their whims. Because what they have is not knowledge. What they have is not guidance, it's hawa. When a person is following a path that is not upon guidance, it's hawa. And if you follow their guidance, after knowledge has come to you, after the knowledge of where to pray, and how to pray, and who to pray to has come to you, if you follow them, Indeed, O Muhammad, then you are among the wrongdoers. Now we know the Prophet will never be among the wrongdoers. And we know the Prophet will never follow the Yahud and the Nasara. So who is this message to? It's to us. To the believers. If you follow them in their desires, after the knowledge has come to you, then indeed you are among the wrongdoers. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 146 says, as for those who have given the book Faida, uh, every time, most of the time, the Al Kitab is mentioned in the Quran. Al Kitab is actually referring to the Torah. Because Allah refers to the Quran as the Quran usually. 
There's a few times where Allah mentions the kitab and Allah means the Quran. But most of the time, Al-Kitab is referring to the Torah. Al-Ladina atinah, as of those who give him Al-Kitab the Torah, or Al-Kitab the scriptures, Injil and the Torah. So, uh, and also the reason why I say the Torah here is because it was the Yahud in Medina that had the description of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is why someone like Abdullah ibn Salam accepted Islam. He's one of the few of the Yahud that accepted Islam because he was honest and he knew that this man that came from Mecca is the messenger. So he accepted Islam and he became among those that were promised the, uh, two rewards. A reward for being someone that was upon the religion of Musa alayhi salam, or the way of Musa I should say, and then following Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah says, As for those who we have given the book, يَعْرِفُونَهُ They know him, they recognize him. Who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءُهُمْ Like they recognize their own children. Here Allah is telling us that the knowledge that the Yehud have regarding the Prophet wasn't a hunch, wasn't, wasn't a maybe. They were certain of it. But they still refused to follow. And you might be thinking, how is that possible? How can someone be so certain of someone and then yet refuse to follow? Allah says this, do you, do you really think that Fir'aun believed he was God? Did he believe that? Or did he knew he was lying? He knew he was lying. It wasn't... It wasn't uh, but yet he persisted on this, right? Do you have a God besides me? Right? He insisted on this lie. Allah says, biha." They denied it, the, the message of the Prophet. But in their heart, they, they believed and they had certainty. So here you learn something quite interesting, which is that one might believe something to be true, yet deny it. And a clear example of that is Iblis. Think about Iblis. Is Iblis a kafir? Is Iblis a kafir? He is. Does Iblis believe in God? He does. He's, Allah speaks to him. He sees the creation of Adam. Yet he is a kafir. So what kind of kufr is his kufr? It's not a kufr where he denies the existence. He denies the authority. He says the rules don't apply to me. Which is why, if the person says, I believe in Prophet Muhammad, and I believe in Allah, but the laws of Islam do not apply to me, I'm not going to follow it. I will never pray. That person isn't a Muslim. You haven't, because part of being a Muslim, and among its conditions, is what's known as Al-Inqiyad. It is to believe that these rules apply to you. Now, you might have shortcomings, you might not do some, but you have to believe they apply to you, that there is an authority over you. And... So the point here I was trying to make is that Just knowing This is why Al-Ma'rifah um, Just knowing is not enough Iblis knows Fir'aun knew Allah mentions that Towards the end of his life he knew But it was too late And even towards his life he knew Right? But Knowledge is not enough You have to have true faith And here the Yahud they know Ya'rifunahu Which is why To uh, relegate faith to just knowing is among the most uh, the biggest errors. And you have you have the early Jahmiya, uh, the early Jahmiya. They they um, they are known as the extreme Murjia. They they say iman is pure ma'rifa, al imanu ma'rifa. Iman is to know to know. And if that's the case, who would be a mu'min? 
wouldn't Iblis be a moment in that, in that scenario? Which is why that is a very problematic uh, uh, um, description of, of what Iman truly is. In any case, they knew, yet they denied. And this is the case of many people. Which is why just knowing is not enough. You have to follow, you have to obey, you have to accept. Uh, they knew it like they know their own children, Allah describes them. But then Allah mentioned, this is one, one group. So from amongst the Yehud, you had those that knew that he was a prophet and accepted it and accepted Islam. And Allah rewards those. Then you had those that knew he was a prophet but denied it. For whatever reasons. And there are many reasons. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that those are not believers and they will be punished. And then there was a third group. Allah says, وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِنْهُمْ As for a group amongst them, لَيَكْتُمُونَ الْحَقَّ They would hide the truth. And this is the scholars, the ulama. They would hide the truth from the layman. وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ While they knew. And this shows you another sin, إِخْوَانِ فِي اللَّهِ Great sin, which is that you're not allowed to conceal knowledge. You're not allowed to conceal the ilm. This is what they did. They deprived many of their followers from knowing who the Prophet ﷺ was by hiding the verses that mentioned him and his signs and who he was. الَّذِينَ آتِنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابِ As for those who are given the kitab. يَعْرِفُونَهُ They recognize the Prophet ﷺ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ Like they knew their own children. وَإِنَّ فَرِيقَ مِنْهُمْ As for a group among them, a party among them. لَيَكْتَمُونَ الْحَقَّ They conceal the truth. وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ While they know. There is a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the person that hides knowledge from the people, that he will be punished a, 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 a punishment on the hereafter. Interestingly enough, this is why companions sometimes to the end of their life they would share a lot of ahadith they heard that they didn't share before. And one of them is the famous hadith of Mu'ad bin Jabal where he says, I was with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam riding uh, the a mule and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to me, O Mu'ad, and I said, yes, O Prophet of Allah. And the Prophet went quiet and he said, O, o Mu'ad, three times. And he said, Labayk ya Rasulullah wa sa'adayk. Yes, O Prophet of Allah, I respond to you. And then he said, do you know what the rights of Allah are? And then the rights of Allah's slaves. And he said, Allah and his messenger knows best. And he said, it's the right of Allah to be singled out in worship. And if the people do so, it is their right that Allah to not punish them. May Allah make us among those. So that hadith, he only shared it towards the end of his life. Why? Because in that same hadith, the, the, this is a great glad tiding. That if you're a believer, if you say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, then you're from the people of Jannah. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, should I not tell the people? And the Rasulullah said, don't tell them, because they will rely on this and not do the act of worship. So towards the end of his life, he shared this hadith because he was worried to be among those that concealed knowledge. Um, so Ikhwani Fillah, from these verses we learned that the Prophet ﷺ was told by Allah to face the Kaaba and that it was changed from Masjid, uh, from Masjid Al-Aqsa or, 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 or Qudus. And this also goes for the believers And that those that deny that they went against it They denied the truth And Allah is un, not unaware of what they do And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about The qibla uh, of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That they will never follow him And that he would not follow him An interesting mas'ala this the Mashaykh mentioned actually is That uh, the, one of the benefits from this was The qibla change happens a little bit before the battle of Badr and the, this was a huge test for the Muslims. And when the Qibla change happened, many, some people apostated. They wanted to accept Islam, or they were like, okay, especially from the Yehud. So Yehud had accepted Islam. When they saw the Qibla change, they were like, okay, this is not for us then. Because, so it was 
almost um, clearing the ranks from anyone who wouldn't follow. Clearing the ranks from anyone who wouldn't follow. And Allah knows best. Uh, because right at this is happening in the second year of the Hijrah, which is also when, when the Battle of Badr happens. Um, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to uh, stop here today. Barakallahu feekum. Hada wa akhru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.